All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 31 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast where you choose to listen. And if we aren't on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. You can stay up to date with all things Versus Mike History by signing up for our newsletter. And for any further information regarding the podcast, go to VersusMikeHistory.com. When you spend your time um, in a way that you really don't respect, and even if you get money out of it, you fuck up that money. You don't really respect that money because you get you 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 know you feel an urge and an impulse to reward yourself and get some pleasure at least you're like i had to get bullshit to get this bag so now i'm gonna go have fun with this bag you know you don't really Very good point. you know what i'm saying you don't really treat the bag with respect where we at black weapons two way Big creature. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm on the type of t- whole hood. Call me Mr. 1008. Lay it out on the table. Twist it down and take it to the plate. Turn that bag around. Then hop right back on the interstate. In and out of town. Switching up more than my rental plates. When they were 288, eight boys in lamest turns with the 36 by 28. OG knew I was school back when I was Jay Tor, dumping off all these blues. It looked like a nigga play ball from pitching base. I'm the one these niggas imitate and teach a class on how to beat the glass. Let me demonstrate. Just had a blowout sale. It's time to liquidate. The coke number my tongue. I gotta spit some taste to G5. Yo, 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 yo. What's good? What's good? What's good? Yo. Family was popping. Yo, we live, my nigga. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> uh this was um this was a long time coming to be perfectly honest. Facts. Um you know, I had I had Drew on the shirt Drew on the show earlier in the uh in the inception of this podcast. Word. So it was only right that I got you on here. Facts. So um how about you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself? Word. So shout out to all the good peoples out there that's listening. It's your boy Kyle Chilling Man. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's your boy Kyle, uh, CEO of the Sharks Global Team and uh, one third of the Liddy Boys International. You know what I'm saying? We all tapped in today, my nigga. You already know. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, I got you in here today to ask you about a few things, you know. Um, you know, you got the Sharks Global, Liddy Boys, uh, you got the video of Vixen T. Um it's a lot. It's 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 a lot going on in the world of Kyle Chillin', right? So, um I guess I just wanted to start with uh who are you? Like where you come from, like where are your roots? Word. And um we're gonna grow from there. I bet. So pretty much um I was born in Plainfield, New Jersey, and from there, I moved to Edison, which is random as hell, but I moved there to Durham Woods. And then my parents divorced, so we moved to my grandmother's spot in Perth Amboy. So from kindergarten till sixth grade, I was in Amboy. Then from seventh grade to my sophomore year of high school, I was in Edison. And then from there, from my junior year till now, I've been in Piscataway. Okay. So I pretty much like to say I'm from like Edison and Piscataway because that was mainly my upbringing. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I'm from, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Word. Um, I guess 
you bounced. It sounds like you bounced around a lot. What would you say were your takeaways from those experiences that added to you wanting to be a designer or you finding your foot in like designing clothes? Word. Um, shit. I want to say I ain't really start want to start in. I ain't really want to start getting into fashion till like after I graduated high school because. Uh-huh. Well, like when I was at Amboy and then Edison, it was more so just sports driven. Like we mm-hmm. was on some shit like, yo, bro, we trying to go D one. Facts. <laughs> yeah, we're we trying to go play sports. That was really it. Like a lot of those schools that I was at, it was more so we would just play sports all day. But when I got to Piscataway, that shit was like different. It was like, damn. Like, uh, you you watch Euphoria, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the black dude that was dating the white girl? Uh, I forget his name. I I, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I so remember when he went to college and then he got on the football field and he realized he was like, I right, like, I'm around motherfuckers that's just as good as me. Mm-hmm. I'm not really trying to play this shit. No yeah, we so now I'm kind of lost. So like Facts. that's what happened to me when I went to uh, Piscataway. I, well, I stopped playing football my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So my junior year, I tried to pick it back up. By the time I tried to pick that shit back up, niggas is already, you know, they were took off. I was like, yeah, I'm good off this shit. What's what's next? Yeah, pretty much. So I was just like, yo, so when I got to Piscataway, like when I was in Edison, it was a diverse school. Like it was, you know, I mean, it was a different it was it was a lot. It was a good portion of black people, but then it was a good portion of everybody else, too. So when I got to Piscataway, it was just hella black people. Like, I've never seen this shit before. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, you know what I mean? It was a culture shock. Word. Then it's like, everybody at the school is fly as shit. So Word. I was like, damn. <laughs> the sports shit not about to work. So, Word. nigga, I'm about to just get these fits off and just be a cool Facts. ass nigga. So that's pretty much all I did when I was at Piscataway for the two years. And then um, while I was there... I just started picking up on man shit. Like I just started mm-hmm. seeing different brands. Like that's when I, I really started seeing like streetwear culture and all that shit. Yeah. So then. Um, and what like around what year was that? Shit, I graduated class of twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. So around, I probably said like twenty twelve. That's when I started. That's when like Tyler the Creator and all the yeah, started popping. Definitely. So it's like, oh shit, this is what Supreme is. Right. This is what the hundreds is and all that other shit. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, because mm-hmm. nigga, at this time, nigga, Stelton Lanes is still popping. Mm-hmm. Hollister's still popping. Facts. You know what I mean? I I couldn't afford uh, Hollister, so I was wearing American Eagle. <laughs> so I was getting that shit off. I had a little bit of both. Facts. And then um, they had just opened up Urban Outfitters around that time at Menlo Park Mall. So I was like, all right, that's when they started seeing, that's when I started getting like the Obey shit Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. But like my senior year, it was two like, I won't say like defining moments that hit me where I was like, I'm gonna fuck with this fashion shit. The first one, I was in cooking class, the home ec class, and the homegirl was about to go to FIT. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this senior year, everybody figuring out like, yeah, I'm about to go to this school. Yeah. I'm about to go to that school. So everybody talking. So I was like, all right. I had like a couple schools in Jersey that I was thinking about going to, but I was like, nah, they trying to have me take all these prerequisites. Fuck that. So um, the homegirl, she showed me the brochure for FIT. That I got in, but they wanted me to take like some fucking prerequisite class. I was like, mm. nah, I'm good. <laughs> so, but I seen on the brochure that they had styling on there. And I was Word. like, oh yeah, this is what I'm fucking with. So I seen that, went on Google that same night. Mm-hmm. And 
oh, this this job is fire. Like, I get to wear the fuck I want, do mm-hmm. what I want, and then pretty much just tell people how much I'm charging them hourly or just <laughs> all together. I'm like, yo, this is a fire-ass job. Right. And I was like, damn, this shit is lit. So that's when I was like, right, I want to be a stylist. This is cool. And then followed up, like, right before we was about to graduate. I don't know if y'all did it out here, but, you know, like, the uh, prom weekend and shit, we went mm-hmm. to Wildwood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would go down the shore, too. Okay. So the homie Shaq, he had dropped some For the Wood t-shirts, and them shit sold out. I was like, damn, he dropped them shits on, like, a uh, like a little baseball tee. Mm-hmm. She was white with black sleeves. I'm like, damn, this shit is fire. But I ain't never, like, that was my first time actually seeing, like, black people do some shit like that. So I was like, oh, and niggas make guap off that shit. So I was like, wow. At that point, I was like, all right, this is what I'm about to fuck with. Mm -hmm. So I graduated. I ended up going to Maryland Eastern Shore for the fall semester. I was out there. I was like, yeah, this school shit is not for your boy. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember sitting down with the homies out there just telling them, like, yeah, I'm going to start a brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just go from there. So... I started the uh, Sharks Global brand. Well, actually, it was Sharks Stay Hungry and Remember Keep Striving. Mm-hmm. And then I just call it Sharks Global just for the alias. You know what I'm saying? Facts. It's a lot easier just to remember that versus the whole yeah. acronym. And it sounds cool. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just fuck with this. And then that's pretty much like the snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Word. That's fire. Um, that's funny that you talk about that, that 2012 uh 2013 2014 mm-hmm. type of era because like um that's around the time where i started um that's around the time i started wavy sound okay yeah and I, and but wavy sound was like uh dj mixes and playlists and stuff like that and um i mean and wavy sound was formed out of a streetwear brand that um I started with my boy Pac. Okay. So uh, we was doing that for a little bit, and then it kind of like fell out. And from there, I was like, all right, well, we're going to have a little, I'm going to create a, before we fell out, before the brand fell out, I would say um, we formed a, uh, like a music component to go along with the brand. Right. And that was Wavy Sound. Okay. And then the brand fell out. So I was kind of just like left with the music component. Like my boy had did a mix or whatever. So from there I was like, yo, I'm going to just go on the internet and find more DJs and create more mixes. And that's like the inception of my brand, but it kind of took a direction more so into podcasting. But I wouldn't say Wavy Sound is a podcasting brand. It's just, uh, that's the content that we're focused on at the moment. Gotcha. But yeah, um, that's that's feel like that was like a catalyst. That era was like the catalyst for a lot of people um, in our era and like this this uh, space that we that we occupy. That's kind of like when everything started popping off for a lot of people. Um, who would you say that you're influenced by? Shit, right now, just all the black designers, all the homies. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cause mm-hmm. like we producing all the fly shit, so it's like I, right. and like representation really matters. We need more of that shit. That's funny. <laughs> like, cause had I been at like just think of I was thinking about this shit yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. had I been at Edison High, I don't know, I probably would not have been fucking with this shit at all. Like, mm-hmm. so like me going to Piscataway and just seeing all of that, mm-hmm. I was like, I, right. 
yeah, we need more representation of just black people just doing everything. Yeah. Cause nah, because it, it's gonna expire like so many different kids just to be like, oh, I like I didn't know we could do that shit. Facts, <laughs> facts. Like me going to school in a hood, like basically all my life, and then going to school in the suburbs in eleventh grade. That's like, what the fuck? And then you bouncing around from different towns and get different experiences. Um, it's funny that you say that, like black designers are who influence you because I was gonna ask you about. How do you think, what do you think about the state of the black designer in today's streetwear um, era that we live in? Because I feel like I don't even know white designers anymore. Like, Word, which and is I, it, which is, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's funny because like that just wasn't the case. Like even five years ago, it was like uh, Givenchy, Versace and yada, yada, yada. And of course these are like, uh, these are like household name brands, but I feel like the clout that um, that black designers have garnered over the past year and a half has like basically overshadowed all of those household name brands because um, we're kind of like creating a space for ourselves. Facts. And it feels less like we're trying to occupy their space and that we're just creating our own. All right. Um, yeah, I I think that I think that um, we're kind of in a renaissance for black art, like all across the board in terms of music and um, film and designer and just fashion and stuff like that. But I wanted to speak on because I spoke to Drew about this when we talk, uh when we spoke earlier in the show. Uh, but I wanted to speak to you about the importance of uh, Liddy Boys International mm-hmm. as like a platform for you guys to like catapult your ideas from, because I feel like the transition from like the group effort content that you guys were putting out to you guys basically splitting and not even in any type of negative fashion or form. It's just that you once you guys decided that you were going to be doing your own things, it kind of manifested on their own. Right. And it's it's less like you guys stopped working with each other and it's like the brand expanded for yeah. where you could, guys could focus on personal projects. Yep. So I kind of just wanted to speak on like how um, your, your group thinking uh, developed your personal all ideas. Right. Like, all right, so basically we all, and I mean, I had Sharks Global before I even had joined the Liddy Boys. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like we all had our own shit. Right. We just happened to just be good friends that just linked up and it was like, all right, we're about to just do some group shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like with the group, it's like, um, damn, I'm having a brain fart. Ah, yeah. So basically with the group, you feel me? Like we're still a group. We mm-hmm. still like we just put out a tape together. You feel me? Word. So it's like we do our own individual shit and then we link up and then do like a great body of work collectively. Word. So it was like, for example, with the Liddy Boys tape that we had dropped. Had Corona not happened, we was about to do like a little mini tour. Mm-hmm. We was gonna go, we was gonna hit, uh, we was gonna start off in Jersey, slide to Philly, slide to New York, mm-hmm. just drop, just do like little pop up shops, and then also just premiere like the tape to everybody. You feel me? But this fucking Corona shit is just yeah, Cor- yeah, Corona's in a way for real. But um, yeah. So what was the question again? I feel like I didn't answer that shit. Um, no, you kind of did. I was saying how you guys. You three, cause I shout out to Niles. I didn't want to uh, leave him out either. But um, 
I was saying how you guys created a platform as a group to propel your personal uh, projects. Mm. How we, like, damn. I have no idea, honestly. I can't even really answer that shit. It was just more so like we came together as friends and it's like, ah, like the shit that we do, we don't Mm -hmm. look at it as work. Word. It just so happens to be like, ah, yo, let's put out some cool shit. So you, so you would say that it kind of just like clicked and yeah. everything just worked on its own. That's dope. That honestly is dope. Because we all have the same vision. It's just like we all just do different things. So when we do link up, everybody has their own specific job title, and then everybody just goes ahead and like gets done. Um. So like in this era of like where everyone sells merch right how would di- how would you differentiate uh someone who is just releasing merch for like a brand that they're just trying to monetize that happen to go viral or something like that versus someone who you would consider like a streetwear designer or what do you what credentials do you think goes into um calling yourself that uh, probably just storytelling and then mm-hmm. just how consistent you are and then just based upon like what it is that you're putting on uh, the actual shirt or garment whatever you're making right and like I said just being consistent because right. like some people start off like ah oh, yeah this t-shirt did x y and z then they end up venturing off into cutting so mm-hmm. so it all depends on like what it is that they're doing but you can tell like just based upon like the shit that you see on the actual graphic word um so speak about the process that went into your latest um, Sharks release. Um, so what went into that was pretty much I was reading. I actually took a picture of that shit, too. Great book, by the way. Um, but I was working for Dish Network. Mm-hmm. And they had me go to... Where the fuck did they have me go? They had me go to Philly for like a week just for like a job training or whatever, just to learn how to... um. Mm-hmm. install cable yeah so it's during the winter time so i'm just in the room cooling i was reading a book called uh i want to say how to have brands win championships or something like that but i was reading that book and then because i was already i had like a feeling of what it is that i wanted to do mm-hmm. it just i couldn't i couldn't get it out so i was right. reading a book and it was just giving me hella tips on like how um, college universities pretty much just brand themselves to recruit kids to come to their school. And I was like, oh, so I was just taking like a lot of the stuff that was in the book and I was just applying it to myself. In the most deaf interview, I already had seen that like earlier that year. Mm -hmm. And like one of the things that he was telling me that was relative to my life was just the whole respective bag. Right and shit, 2019. Oh my god, I shit kicked my ass third and fourth quarter. Boy, I was out here. Oh, that shit fucked me up, brother. I know. I feel your pain. <laughs> that I shit, know that pain. That shit whooped my ass last mm-hmm. year, third and fourth quarter. I was fucked up. To all the homies that know, god damn, boy. But <laughs> um, so pretty much like to piggyback off of that uh i had hernia surgery Mm -hmm. and basically instead of me getting that shit earlier once it like first happened when i had my job Mm -hmm. i had parted ways with the company and i had went to go get the surgery or whatever and it was like a whole debacle with that like they thought i had insurance didn't have insurance Mm -hmm. 
So after the surgery, you feel me? I'm like, oh, I'm paying like off the bills or whatever because I had yeah. just got a job. I was on bed. I was on bed rest for four weeks. Mm-hmm. So I just got a job. I was working. I was getting paid eighteen an hour, getting paid weekly. I'm like, oh, I'm about to knock these shits out. My mom right. about to help me out because like I thought I had insurance at the time. Mm-hmm. Nigga, two three weeks go by. Them no matter of fact, like maybe like two weeks go by. Them mm-hmm. niggas hit me back like, nah, nigga, you owe this amount. What? I was like, yeah, nah, that's foul. I was like, god damn. Cause like I'm one of those type of niggas. I don't like owing nobody shit. So if I'm Facts. in debt, I'm paying that shit off soon as I can. Immediately. I'm not. Nah. I'm not about to. Yo, I got you next week. Nah. If I mm-hmm. got you next week, you're getting it next week. Word. <laughs> so with that shit, and it's like the hospital. You don't want to play around with them niggas because they will send your shit to collections, my nigga. ASAP. <laughs> and your credit score will be all types of fucked up if you don't pay that shit. Facts. So, long story short, I was able to finesse and get off that shit. And uh, all my, like, the hospital bills got paid for. But in between that whole process, I had left the job because the hours started down. It was a storage company. So, you know, people aren't moving like the fall, winter time. So Mm -hmm. I had left, got a different job, and I had that shit for, like, two weeks. It didn't end up working out because I didn't get it. It was was one of them phone service companies. So I, I didn't end up getting a job. So I started working at some other job locally that was like maybe five minutes from the crib. I was like, I'm not trying to keep this shit. Mm-hmm. So they ended up um, letting me go probably like a week before I had got the job at um, Dish Network. So mm-hmm. to tie all of that shit in there, that third and fourth quarter, like I was making money off the Sharks Global hoodies that I had put out. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was blowing that shit on either paying my bills because I didn't have money coming in consistently. So I was using that to uh, pay off certain things. Then on top of that, uh, shit, I just was blowing money just doing dumb shit. And then prior to me working at uh, Nordstrom, I was getting money over there, paying my shit. I was just blowing that shit. And I'm like, damn, look at you, my nigga. (laughs) <laughs> look at you Word. Pitiful my nigga Word. You had all this bread And now look at you You don't have shit You struggling to pay your regular bills On top of the hospital shit mm. Had you been saving and respecting the money that you was getting You wouldn't be in this predicament that you in now So I was like oh shit Word. So I was just I was watching the interview And everything just clicked after that On top of me reading or whatever and it was just like yo you gotta like it was basically like the book teaches you how to like simplify shit mm-hmm. in the best way just to market yourself mm-hmm. and i was like damn this is tight so i was like i haven't finished it yet but like that's pretty much what i used to put it out there so everybody could like hopefully get the message and mm-hmm. then um we doing the whole respect the bad campaign coming soon um we just i just got to link up with everybody and just get it done but other than that, that's pretty much how Respect the Bad came about. That's a dope story. Because, like, it literally just manifested itself in your life. Like, Facts. That, um, that type of creativity. I feel like I feel like somewhere in the summertime, I just, I was, like, going hard with recording, going back to back to back to back. And then... Um, I was planning to give away because I just wanted to pick up like activity on Instagram or whatever. And I was just like, yo, like I'm, I'm being consistent, but I'm not building this brand at all. Mm. And I, and I felt as though, um, I needed to take a break. Mm. 
And that's when I decided to do that, like at the top of August. And um, that time when I thought that I was going to just be chilling, like enjoying myself and not thinking about podcast shit, that's when I thought about my brand the most. Mm. And that's when I started making little changes in terms of like how I release the um the little audio clips and Word. how I changed the the artwork back to like like just black faces and um how I kind of just brought it back to like it being a simple like the simple concept that this is a place where you come for culture and right. where you come for lifestyle shit um and I feel like that time off really gave me clarity to uh bring the shit together and um you know even being here with you talking about your brand and everything like that it's um it's showing that like we're both converging in a way that is only going up facts um this has been dope uh i kind of want to i want to touch on a few topics before we get out of here though um i just what do you think it's I want to talk to you about um, ownership of your brand and like how important do you feel it is to be in control of like the things that you create. Right. It's super important because you don't want nobody telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't want to, I guess, sign to something or have somebody own your shit and then tell you how to put it out, when to put it out. It's like, nah, like I know who my audience is. Mm -hmm. So I can push it out whenever I want. And it's going to go up regardless, you know? Right. That's pretty much it. You just want to have ownership just so you can be in control. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, everything is really just about control. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You work at certain jobs. And niggas got control over how you, what, what you do, how you do it. It's a whole system for it. So it's like if you don't own it, you can't really create the rules. You know what I mean? That's why Facts. they call it, I paid the cost to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Um... So, you got, you just did the um, Respect the Bag drop. You've done the Video Vixen T drop. Um, what's next? Well, actually, before we talk about what's next, I want to talk about the Video Vixen shirt and how that came to be. Because okay. that's a fire shirt. Um, like, I, I've always loved the, like, No Limit style mixtape artwork or collage style. That's why I... um. I got the artwork for the podcast that right. I have because like that shit is so dope. And um I feel like your shit like you know how to manif you know how to manifest an idea. Like, right. And I wanted to um and you know how to manifest an idea, a niche idea too, like something that um people like pay attention to but don't really like acknowledge or give the uh credit that it deserves. Right. You and Drew do that a lot, I've noticed. But I wanted to talk to you about your video vixen shirt and how that came to be as well. Facts. Yeah, this is like an old idea. I'll show you on my phone. Like mm -hmm. prior to this, shout out to the homie Donovan because we was working on this shit back in like 2014, 2015. So this is like before all the rap tees mm -hmm. really started popping off. Where I'm like, yeah, I, I like I'm one of those type of people. Like I can see like when shit is gonna be popping, and mm -hmm. then I could tell what everybody's just about to do but i'm like yo niggas not about to do this mm -hmm. shit so i'm like man it was mad it was yo back in the day like when we was kids all the video vixens was fire fire <laughs> 
All of them was fine. And they get no acknowledgement today. Yeah, this is before, like, you know what I mean, plastic surgery became what it is today. Facts. Like, this yeah. is, for the most part, girls might have had their breasts done, but everybody was real organic back then. <laughs> so, I was like, yo, Corinne Steffens, uh, Bria Miles, Gloria Velez, like, yo, they low-key had, like, fire scenes in certain videos. Mm. And I remember watching the Big Pimpin' video. And I'm like, yeah, whoever the Spanish girl was that was in, that was in front of Pimp C, <laughs> she looked cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, the homie was just like, yo, I'm with it. So, like, we came up with the idea. I picked out the girls and he designed the tee. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the time, I couldn't find somebody who uh, did direct-to-garment printing. Right. So I was like, fuck. Like, the only place I found was in Vineland, New Jersey and shit. I'm like, I'm not driving out to South Jersey, Word. Bro, nigga. Like, that shit. And, like, Vineland. The Lovecraft is, country. Yeah, bro, <laughs> that shit is at the end of, that shit is at the bottom of the state. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm not driving out there an hour just to look at a t-shirt. It's, mm-hmm. it's quiet for that. So I just dubbed the idea. The homie hit me up recently and was like, yo, let me get another crack at it. I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. So he sent it back, and I'm like, oh, nigga, this shit is fire, bro. Like, this shit looks way better than uh, the first one. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. I'm going to drop this shit. And, like, because of Corona, like like I said, the game plan was the rollout was supposed to be mm-hmm. the respected bag shirts was coming out first. And then I was just going to just randomly drop these and then just promo this shit because I'm like, yeah, this is a, it's one of those t-shirts where it's like, eh, I expected to sell. It might mm-hmm. not because everybody doesn't get it right. right now, but it's like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to do it anyways. It right. was really supposed to be a surprise drop. Right. So that was how, uh, how it came about. Facts. That's dope. Um, I guess, I guess what do you see yourself down the line like what what do you how do you plan on expanding a brand do you want to make telfar bags and leather leather goods and cut and sew and go into the high fashion or do you want to you know um collaborate with a with a large brand on a like a like a yeezy or a, like a y3 or or do you see yourself um just staying independent being a black fashion house and you see this? Uh, yeah. So this is what it originally was. Lusty vibes, lady girls in it. <laughs> this is dope too, though. This looks like a um. You guys should make it like a mixtape or like a playlist. Use that. This shit, repurpose that or something. That's like that. what it was, and then it turned into this. So I was like, fire. I, <laughs> I was like, right, this is yeah, word. But um, the game plan is just to expand the brand. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Overall, like as a brand, I do want to get into cut and sew, but that shit is hella bread, and you got to be real meticulous with that. With mm-hmm. that, because you're spending hella bread just to get a sample made. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not trying to, you know, what I mean, fuck yeah. up multiple times. That's like three, four hundred, maybe a thousand, depending on where you're going, mm-hmm. just to get that shit made. So it's like that's the next thing that I'm starting to get into. I started seeing a lot of other homies. Mm-hmm. I started seeing them do that shit, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fuck with the cut and sew shit next." Right. But um, also with that shit is too, you gotta do big ass orders. Mm. I'm talking about like 200 pieces. Damn. So it's like if you're not selling out of 24 pieces that you got now, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be in the crib stocked up with Word. hella inventory that didn't sell. That's so a fact. it's like, yo, it's you know what I mean it's a slow grind. You gotta just you know what I mean you gotta be patient with it. So it's like, yo, if I can move these t-shirts, I can move these crew necks. 
Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Now I didn't built the brand up so high. I know when I start doing the cut and so shit, that shit's gonna be moving. Mm. But um, the game plan is definitely to collab with other uh, other brands. But it has to make sense. Like I'm not about to just collab right. with niggas just to collab. Like this shit, I'm not about to do that shit just for the bag. Unless it's like with Nike or some shit like that. Mm-hmm cool but it's like, <laughs> it has to make sense like, yeah where i don't just want to do some shit where it's like eh, nigga, you could have just put this shit out in stores like it was gonna do what it was supposed to do mm-hmm. i want some shit that's actually going to make sense um but yeah man you kind of i want to do like some ralph lauren shit you know you no know, he has a uh, denim supply the regular ralph lauren mm-hmm. uh, polo sport so it's like yo yeah, so different tap, labels yeah just tap into different markets mm-hmm. kind of like what nike does you know right. they got their regular lifestyle wear then they have the active wear mm-hmm. women's wear so that's a game plan but like like i said baby steps but um i think your other question was um what's next as far as for the brand the game plan is to do uh to drop some crew necks and mm-hmm. hoodies for the like the fall winter and then i got some more shit i'm gonna just keep nigga i'm gonna just keep it in the tub <laughs> I'll, I'll come back and tell them more you know what i'm saying in about two yeah about like two three months i'll be back here probably like mm, after the new year okay i'll definitely come back with some more shit to tell you facts well sir um Happy to have you on the show. Appreciate it. Feel free to uh, tap in whenever you want to. Um, yeah, and you can go ahead and give the people your social media information. Bet. So everybody, y'all can follow my personal page at I'm Coolin E Y E M K O O L I N. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And then as far as the brand, you can follow us on SharksGlobal.com. I'm off for it. Sharks Global, and then the website where you could purchase the merch is sharksglobal.com. All right. Oh, yeah. Also, follow the Liddy Boys in the national page, too. Yeah, all that, all that, all that. Um, as always, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Versus Mike History. You can catch me on Instagram at Last Name History, and you can catch me on Twitter at Mike History versus MikeHistory.com. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you guys when I see y'all. Peace.